Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Your Ben Jarofsky show. Please stop pounding on the table, oh, sorry, man. <clears throat> your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, January 22nd. It's just moments away. But before we get into that, we need to thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. They're sponsors. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, sponsor this program, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Thank you once again to those unions for sponsoring us. And of course, all right, everybody can hear us. Today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor live streamers. Get ready, because it's time for the song of the day. Oh, song of the day? Yeah. I got to come up with a song of the day? Yeah. You know what they played at bowling the other day? It really irritated me. What? Take it easy. Take it easy. It's J.B. Pritzker's favorite band, the Eagles. Now, I'm going through this, I don't like the Eagles phase, D. It's been lasting for about 20 years now, okay? It's just not feel, but they played it. What's the song again? Take it easy. It's really easy to play in a guitar, like like C G C G or something like that. The Ben Jarofsky show starts now. <laughs> okay. It is Wednesday, January twenty second, and live from the Chicago Sun Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue. This is the Ben Jarofsky show. Today on the program, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson is back. I repeat, legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson is back. Chicago radio personality Marge Halperin of Indivisible Chicago will join us. And it's the long-awaited return and Benny J podcast debut of Six Ward Alderman Roderick Sawyer. And now your host. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this No One Likes Him Wednesday. Then here's why. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The comments made by Hillary Rodham Clinton, 2016 Democratic nominee for President of the United States, Madam Secretary of State, as they call her, former senator uh, from New York. Did you know that? Dude? Wait, hold on. Brianna on the live stream said, uh, well, t- what was today's song? Take, Take it, it Easy. Take It Easy. Yes, uh, Brianna uh, <laughs> says, Take It Easy on our ears. No. <laughs> <laughs> Playing at Zanies this weekend? Brianna, I got a million of them. Did I do my Rodney Dangerfield imitation? Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, Hillary Rodham Clinton, former senator in New York, and uh, former first lady, right, D? You remember that in the 90s? Oh, yeah, You yeah. were paying attention in the 90s? Oh, yeah, what I was think, I, like, 10, 11? Yeah. Were you hitting the bong already at oh, 10? You no. better believe it, buddy. <laughs> Come on, at all, and you were straight as hell. Anyway. I was the bong baby. Whoa, the Bong Baby. I'm All over there. the local news. Bong uh, Baby at it again. Bong Baby, Dr. D, a.k.a. Dr. Doobie. All right. Had time to digest. We talked a little about this, so I read it uh, at great detail in the New York Times. 
quote, nobody likes him. Clinton's shot at Sanders rattles Democrats. The comments came in a documentary about Hillary Clinton that will premiere at the Sundance Film Festival. You going to Sundance, D? Oh, yes, of yeah. course. Never. We never get invited. Never. Nobody loves movies more than me. Have I ever been invited? Negatory. Got to work on that one. All right. Uh, anyway, so there's um, here are the quotes from the documentary. This is Hillary Rodham Clinton speaking about Bernie Sanders. Quote, nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He got nothing done. It's all just baloney. And I feel so bad that people get sucked into it. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Doesn't like him. I can think of uh, two groups of people who are absolutely positively delighted by these comments. Group number one, the producers of the documentary. Yeah, publicity, man. You can't buy publicity like that. Number one. (laughs) And number two, pushed a little. Number two. Oh, thank you. A little slow on the uptake there, boy. Uh, Number two, of course, the MAGA hat crew. They are delighted. And, you know, I got to say this. The MAGA hat crew, of course, uh, alluding to uh, one, Donald, John, Trump, and everybody who loves him. Uh, so, you know, I said to D before we got to say, D, I'll bet you, I'll bet you anything Trump has tweeted about this. Now, you got to figure Trump's got a lot of things on his plate right now, right? He's got an impeachment inquiry going. I'm inquiry, forget the inquiry. It's the full-blood trial. All right. So he got the impeachment trial. He was over. No collusion. In, he was over in Europe. Now he's flying back. He's got a lot on his plate. I just said, you know what? Let me check it out. Right. D, am I telling the truth here? Uh, I said, let me check it out. Sure enough. 726 this morning. Donald John Trump. They are taking the nomination away from Bernie for a second time. Rigged. All right. We've been through this once before. I can feel a column from uh, John Cass coming as well in the Tribune. Just venting his outrage on behalf of Bernie bros everywhere. Bernie bros. I'm going to just speak to you, okay? Just as me speaking. Everybody else can go away. They don't really like you, okay? The MAGA hat wearers don't like you. They don't like Bernie. They don't support anything Bernie stands for. As soon as Bernie wins the nomination, they're going to hit him so hard you won't know where it's coming from. They're just trying to play you against Hillary Rodham and the Dems. You know that, don't you, right? I mean, you're not dumb enough to fall for this. You're a little more sophisticated and smart, let's say, than the average Chicago voter who decided it was a good idea to reelect Rahm Emanuel in 2015. That's like the lowest bar, I think, of voters. But I got to believe you, Bernie bros, are a little more sophisticated than to believe that Donald John Trump really cares if the Democratic Party rigs the election to keep Bernie out. They're just trying to play you against the Hillary Rodham Clinton people. Come on, Bernie bros. You got to be smarter than that. All my Bernie bro friends... I am outraged. I am not going to vote Democrat because of this. You got to be smarter than that. You have to realize that everything that you want has a greater chance of happening if the Dems are like this. Just throwing that out there. Is that your Miles Camp Lassen impression, by the way? No. <laughs> Miles is not like 100% totally Bernie bro, Bernie bro. Okay? You know, Bernie or die bro, that kind of bro. Plus, Miles is not going to be like tweeting at people angrily, you know, like a. Like people are doing at me right now. Oh, God damn. Catch Miles Camp Lassen tomorrow on the Ben Jaroski Show. He is fired up. I've already texted him today about, because we read this story in the New York Times about David Sirota. Can I just go on another tangent? I mean, David Sirota, my old friend, great journalist, crusading investigative reporter, 
uh, did a story with him once, D. Did you know that? Yes. Okay. And uh, he decided he went to work for Bernie's campaign, and now he's like the brains behind the scenes. He writes a daily, maybe four days a week, I should say, uh, column. Uh, what is it called? Like the burn, or I forget what it is. It's burn after reading, which is pretty clever. Uh, anyway, so uh, burn, B-E-R-N, as opposed to B-U-R-N. That's correct. Uh, thank you. Uh, David Schroeder, clearly a big fan of uh, the Coen brothers. Anyway, so... Uh, uh, he was the one who sent out a uh, a column. Uh, what was the column? It was chastising uh, Joseph uh, Joe Biden about Social Security, and it was uh, later proved that maybe some of the facts weren't absolutely correct, and what have you. And now David Sirota was a big article in David Sirota in the New York Times today, and I uh, sent David Sirota a little text going, "Oh, Mr. Big Shot, talk to the New York Times. Well, come on our show, huh?" <laughs> I'm David Sirota. I'm very important. Uh, but uh, anyway, it was a very good story. So I know uh, Miles Camp Lesson will want to talk about that uh, tomorrow. But anyway, back to the Bernie Bros and Hillary Clinton. Now, I've already chastised the Bernie Bros. Guys, you got to be smarter than that to actually believe that Donald Trump cares about you. Now, let me deal with Hillary Rodham Clinton. Come on, Hillary. That is sad and pathetic. That's the thing about the Clintons. I'm just going to throw this out here. I voted for the Clintons three times, D, for president. I voted for Billy in 92. Bill, Billy again in 96, and Hillary Rodham Clinton in 216. They think like it, they're, it's owed them. I remember that Bill Clinton, a lot of voters forget this. Bill Clinton was really pissed off, irritated at one Barack Obama in 2008 because he had the temerity. He, how dare he take that nomination from Hillary? It was Hillary's nomination. What would Bill Clinton sound like saying that? Uh, I'm outraged. Uh, uh, uh. Barack, Barack Obama, did I tell you his middle name is Hussein? Ben Jarofsky's <laughs> legit one good impression. Uh, no, I will now do Ken Davis. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Ken Davis. And how about Mike Flannery? Rob, my wick. Is that good or what? Yeah, yeah. And how about this one? $27. You're getting there on that $27. That Flannery is on point. I apologize. Here's the thing, <laughs> Willie Wilson. Remember Flannery was interviewing Willie Wilson about reparations? And he was like saying, okay, Louisiana, but Chicago. I'm like, come on, Flannery. Chicago was a terrible relation. For those outside of Chicago, Mike Flannery, Fox 32 reporter. Yeah, we, by the way, we have a lot of listeners outside of Chicago. We got to start worrying about that, D. I know. All right. That's what I just did. Oh. <laughs> All our Alton listeners, they go, who's Flannery? Right. Love Mike Flannery. He came on our show, did an interview. There's a point where Flannery and Ken Davis kind of come together. You know. All right, Ben. Where was I? Well, we got to get down to business. Focus, oh, please. Okay. Oh, back to Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yeah, you made me do the Bill Clinton imitation, and that's where I lost <laughs> track of myself. Oh, that doctor. Really easy to do. <laughs> that doctor thinks he's like, here's the thing. Nobody likes him. I, I'm stealing this from Dennis. As we were talking about this yesterday. So this is Dennis's idea. Give him all the credit for Who's giving you credit for your idea? Thank you. And he's called. Dennis said, I'm paraphrasing, and I'm taking out all the swear words. <laughs> you should hear Dennis uh, off mic, folks. Whoa, he swears like a sailor. <laughs> mother beep, mother beep. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're driving down the street, and he's going, isn't that funny? This man has dedicated his life to fighting for the poor, the marginalized, for unions, for people who are left behind, trying to get health care for all. All right, he's fighting the powers that be. He's been stifled at every turn. 
They mock him. They malign him. They don't like him. So who doesn't like him? The people that are keeping us from getting the things that we want don't like Bernie Sanders because he makes them look bad. That's what Dr. D said. And you know what I said at that time? I go, wow, you are so right. You sure learned a lot of radio school. (laughs) But he's right, man. Bernie Sanders has spent his life fighting for the marginalized. So no wonder the powers that be don't like him. He's annoying. On the other hand, let's compare him to, we were talking about John Cullerton yesterday, retiring from the uh, state Senate. John Cullerton, former president of the state Senate here uh, in Illinois, who I was talking about with Rob Markwick. Great interview. And does a hell of a who's on first, I've heard. Funny guy. <laughs> Funny guy. Everyone likes him. Rob Markwick was on the show yesterday, state Senator Rob Markwick. Uh, that will be dropped on Saturday, D? Yeah, we're going to drop that on Saturday. Right. The brains of the show, you can tell. Uh, and you can check it out on YouTube right now. It's available. That's right. We did a YouTube. He was on fire. Mark was really good. For the love of God, please focus. Oh, sorry. (laughs) So we're talking to Mark about color. Everybody likes Colorton. Everybody loves. Oh, he's a great guy, Ben. You know, he's funny. He tells jokes. He can do impersonations. You should hear his Dr. D impersonation. He does a great Dennis impersonation. He doesn't really do a Dennis impersonation. But anyway, the point is everybody likes him. Well, the state Senate never really did anything, you know, sticking out its neck for poor people. But that's those are the guys they like. Right, D? You know, Bernie Sanders, nobody likes him, Hillary Clinton says. Yeah, well, of course, because he makes him look bad because he's always pushing the envelope for people that nobody cares about. And I think that's why we like him, because you guys don't like him. Yes, that's the other point you made. (laughs) Bernie's still number one in my poll. Like, that's the point. Oh, yeah, that's the point. That's why I like him. Yes, thank you, Dennis. (laughs) By the way, um, this this is from the New York Times. In the same story with the headline is nobody likes him. By the way, Hillary's already reversing from the story. You know, it's classic Clinton. They put the stuff out there trashing Bernie and then they, they think they're slick. Oh, uh, no. I, did I say that? Oh, funny me. No, of course I'll support him. Yeah, right. Bernie was all over uh, Iowa, North Carolina on behalf of Hillary Clinton in October of 2016. They've totally rewritten history on Bernie Sanders and the 2016 election, blaming Bernie for uh, Hillary Clinton. Even Pete Cunningham was in the studio, PC, yo, PC, uh, who is more of the uh, centrist, you know, every podcast has to have a centrist Democrat. Even he did not blame Bernie uh, Sanders for Hillary Clinton's loss in 2016. Anyway, uh, here's in the article in the New York Times, they wrote this thing. Uh, her remarks ricocheted. That's, that's pretty good. Ricocheted. Her m- remarks ricocheted across the Democratic Party on Tuesday, threatening to reopen the barely healed wounds of the 2016 uh, primary. I got news for you guys. Reopen wounds. Those wounds never close. We got a great show today, everybody. Monroe Anderson. He's fired up as we speak. He's driving in. He's ready to talk. Trump, 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 Trump. Impeachment going on. Hey, I might get a few uh, 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 comments about Bernie from Monroe Anderson. Not a huge Bernie bro, uh, Monroe Anderson, to put it mildly. Uh, Marge Hopper will be here from Indivisible Chicago. I'm not quite sure she's really, we're not really heavy with Bernie bros today, D, uh, other than you and me. Um, and she'll be here. We'll be talking about Indivisible and uh, the efforts to, to defeat Trump and elect Democrats. And, you know, I know Marge Hopper had a thing or two to say about impeachment. Uh, Alderman Rod Sawyer, an old friend of mine, will be in the studio at 2.30 from the 6th Ward. And um, I maybe ask Monroe to stick around uh, when Rod's here. Monroe worked for Rod's dad, Eugene Sawyer. Rod Sawyer is uh, for Joe Biden. Remember, D, I said last week, we got to find a Biden supporter. 
I went on like, I just, then they came out with the list of uh, Biden delegates, saw Rod's name, called him up. Come on, talk about Joe Biden. And I'm sure the, uh, all our Bernie Bro fans out there are really happy that we're going to have a Biden supporter on. But, you know, let's hear what, you know, he could be the nominee. Want to hear what they have to say? So plenty of political talk ahead. But before we do any of that, oh, yeah, the man from Alton, the man they call the doctor with the news. How's it going, everybody? Like we always do about this time, let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Today, our Illinois governor is back in Chicago. Yesterday, we reported that uh, he was downstate in yeah, Carbondale. Went to Carbondale, yeah, which is as far downstate as you could pretty much go. Isn't yeah, that's that like damn near Kentucky. He, I was actually in Carbondale once. Really? That's I, one. T- usually ask me, have you ever been to this? And I always have to go, no, you know. Tell us your experience of Carbondale. Man, it was the 70s. Lots of reefer. <laughs> okay. That's just throwing that out there. All right. It back was, in the illegal days. Uh, yeah, it was, il- it was illegal. And that that's why I made fun of Rauner. It's my visit to Carbondale. Remember when Ronner went downstate and said, oh, I'll fight like heck to keep marijuana illegal. I'm like, wow, I was in Carbondale back in the 1970s. Seemed like it was pretty popular. I don't, maybe things have changed. Anyway. Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. Ah, the old days. Bruce Rauner. <laughs> Today, Pritzker is touring El Valor Guadalupe Reyes Children and Family Center. He's then off to the National Museum of Mexican Art to discuss investments in early childhood in a fireside chat uh, with early childhood and education experts. And the hustle is strong with this one, Ben Jarofsky. He's then <laughs> headed to Thornton Fractional North School to do what he does best. Come on, Ben. Sign legislation. For 10 trivia points, what Chicago Bear quarterback graduated from Thornton? Uh, McMahon. Mike Tom. McMahon? <laughs> Mike Tom's like, where is McMahon? He went to play college ball in Utah. But I don't know where. I think McMahon grew up in Colorado. But I'm not. No, L.A. I think he grew up in California. Anyway, Mike Tomczak. All right. So, yeah, today uh, he will sign legislation allowing students to take two hours off school to vote. What do you think about that? What do I? Th- wow. What do I think about? There's a legislation for that. Yeah, I'm for it 100 percent. First of all, I'm just looking for the kids. Any time off of school, I always enjoyed. I love the field trips. We used to take field trips every now and then, go down to the Museum of Science and Industry. Then we'd wander around Hyde Park. Whoa, Hyde Park. It blew my mind. You got to be 18 to vote, right? Yes. So that's not a lot of many. No, many a lot of kids right? are like, uh, by then, you know, you're half day, you work, yeah. you do work stuff. So it's not that big a deal. But, you know, remember in Chicago, whenever the teachers want students to uh, come out to a board meeting, uh, to argue on their behalf, like for more nurses, the powers that be in this city would go, how outrageous that they would miss one minute of school. <laughs> Every minute is precious. <laughs> but then when the powers that be wanted students to like take time off to go to an assembly for whatever, to promote whatever they wanted to promote, it'd be like, oh, it's all civics and learning about how our system works. So anyway, yeah, two hours to vote. Maybe they'll get more kids to vote. Like, oh, I'll get to two. Do you have to prove that you were voting? I mean, I would assume, right? So you'd have to, uh, how do you prove it? I like, got that little sticker. Yeah, now there'll be a black market of stickers. I'll be like, I'll be standing outside of Roosevelt High School. Oh, okay, God. got a sticker. Come on, the highest oh, better. God. Sticker pusher bin. <laughs> Whatever, I'm with it. Good bill. <laughs> Moving on, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Ben, today the mayor is in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. What's she doing there? She's there for the U.S. Conference of Mayors annual winter meeting. 
I was not invited to that. <laughs> I, I can understand. Before her, tri- before her trip, Lightfoot went to the United Center for Tuesday night's Chicago Hockey oh, Blackhawks game. God. Yes, the 51-23 and 23 Hawks were hosting the 48-28 and 28 Florida Panthers. Was the Chicago mayor a good luck charm for the mighty Hawks? Sadly, no. Uh, the Panther, the Panthers won four to three. Okay, can I uh, just say something? When I'd want to talk about sports, it's no, you're not allowed to. But, but when the mayor goes to a sports game, you can talk about it. All right, for ten trivia points. Jesus Christ, who was uh, the coach of the team that the Blackhawks played last night? That's why it was a big deal that Lori Lightfoot went to the game. Oh, it's someone from Ohio. <laughs> no, it's the former Blackhawks coach, Shanahan. Joe <laughs> Shanahan. I don't know. Shanahan's coach of uh, the San Francisco 49ers. Anyway, there's not a lot of Blackhawk fans. I'm not a huge Blackhawks fans, folks. So, uh, you know, I'm really sorry for you Hawk fans out there. Your little team lost four to three. You shouldn't fire that coach. All right. Even I could tell you that. You have a great, you had a great coach. Ugh, I think we'll fire him. Oh, good idea. That worked out well. Blackhawks are terrible this year. And Quenville's team is doing well. He had a good coach, Blackhawk fans. So, no, Lightfoot, not the uh, good luck charm that uh, the Hawks Do you think Lori there. Lightfoot knows anything about hockey? I don't know. She's a big Bears fan. You know, I mean, she's a legit football fan. She knows football inside out. Do you think she knows hockey? I mean, hockey's sort of like, you know. I don't know. I mean, real. I know I'm going to, oh, my Blackhawk fans out there are going to get really mad at me, but I get the feeling a lot of people in Chicago care about the Blackhawks, you know? You know what I'm saying, D? Just throwing it out there. All right. Well, we're uh, Chicago Bulls fans here on the Ben I'm a Barofsky big Bulls show. fan. Love so, Lori, don't go to any Bulls games, no, please. please. All right? <laughs> We're doing decent, I guess. Well, they're not doing that well. All right. But the news broke while we were in the middle of our Benny J bonus interview with Illinois Senator Rob Martwick yesterday, which, by the way, you can watch on YouTube, like we said earlier. Search for it and watch it. And, uh, of course, you can always download it as well. But the news broke yesterday in a surprise move. South South Side, Illinois congressman and civil rights activist who led the Illinois chapter of the Black Panthers in the 1960s won Bobby Rush announced that he is endorsing presidential candidate, former New York mayor, and let us not forget billionaire. Yes, that's billion (laughs) with a B. Michael Bloomberg. Shout out to Shia Campos in Illinois Politico for taking the deep dive on this one. Bobby Rush is the first congressional black caucus member to back the former New York mayor and says he's doing so because of Bloomberg's vow to invest in African-American communities. I feel connected to him on a range of issues, Rush told Politico. Quote, he wants to provide more businesses, more jobs, more home ownership, more investment in the African-American community. And that Greenwood Initiative, I'm excited about that. The Greenwood Initiative is Bloomberg's proposal to introduce teens to the financial industry through internships and entry-level jobs. Rush continued, saying, quote, none of the other candidates have made similar commitments to the African-American community. When asked, why not Joe Biden? Rush said, quote, I'm not looking at it from a rearview mirror. I want to know what kind of help we can count on and who will bring solutions to a myriad of problems that we're confronted with. According to Politico, the endorsement came about through mutual friends, including one John Rogers Jr., the Chicago business executive, apparent Bloomberg lover, and (laughs) friend of former President Barack Obama. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts on all this? Man, there's so much to unpack there. I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack there. I agree with a lot of things uh, Bobby Rush said. Uh, you know, I, I talk a little bit, a lot about my uh, gambling days. Uh, and I'd like to, I, I believe 
Uh, I'm not saying that gambling is the exact same thing as playing the stock market and understanding how financial markets uh, work, although there's an element of overlap. But I do believe that um, uh, there's an abundant ignorance on the part of a lot of people uh, toward how markets work. So I think it would be a great idea to teach people about how the stock markets work. And I'm not saying throw all your money into them, uh, although if you had uh, post 2009, you'd be doing very well at this stage. So I, I share Bobby Rush's um, you know, uh, interest in promoting people's awareness of how markets work and, and how investments work and how our economy works, et cetera, and so forth. So that's a great idea. Uh, I think that um, uh, Bloomberg will serve a very useful purpose in this coming election. Uh, that purpose is money, 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 money. He's pledged to spend a billion dollars to defeat Donald John Trump, and he will put that money in, unlike Hillary Clinton, who is like sending out two conflicting signals. One day she hates Bernie, the next day, oh, I'll support him. Uh, Bloomberg made it clear that even though he disagrees with a lot of uh, Bernie's proposals and Elizabeth Warren's proposals, he will spend that money on their behalf to defeat Trump because he thinks it's in the best interest of this country. So I don't have the hate toward Bloomberg that a lot of people have. Obviously, Bobby Rush has forgiven Bloomberg for his years of stop and frisk. This is an interesting little development, folks. I don't know if you know this. When Michael Bloomberg was mayor of the city of New York, uh, he instituted a program or he championed a program of massive of stop and frisk, which meant police basically stopping and frisking black people. And the idea was that if uh, you just uh, just escort hundreds and uh, hundreds and hundreds of people off the street and put them in jail, crime would fall. Well, crime fell. And so Boomer said, see, it worked. Uh, de Blasio came in, stopped it because there was lawsuits. It's unconstitutional just to arrest somebody without reason. It's funny. Donald Trump is always worried about the Constitution when it comes to protecting his rights not to uh, be tried for anything. But he's awfully quiet. Uh, actually, he supports stop and frisk. So he doesn't believe in the constitutional rights of just ordinary people walking down the street. Anyway, uh, the, here's one difference between the Democrat and Republican Party. Uh, you can run as a champion of stop and frisk if you're a Republican. But if you're a Democrat. Uh, that is a no-no policy these days. And so Michael Bloomberg, um, when he announced that he was going to run for president, had to apologize. All of a sudden, on the dime, whoosh, he stopped and apologized. It was a quick apology. It's like, you know, I just thought about this, uh, and now I'm against it. I realized that the day, the day before I decided to run uh, for president, I was for it, but that was before I decided to run for president. So now I'm against it. Well, if Hillary Clinton was asked about Michael Bloomberg, what do you think she would say? I love him. <laughs> we love him. We love him. We all love him. Everybody <laughs> loves him. By the way, nobody would ever say that Bloomberg's like a funny guy. Like I said, John Cullerton's a funny guy. You know what I mean? He tells jokes, does impersonations, oh, does me. a great Richard Daly. His Bill Clinton is even better than mine. Oh, so man. everybody loves him, right? It's the life of the party. I never heard anybody say that about Bloomberg, but he's got all that money. So everybody loves him. You know, I love the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, um, let's not forget also Bobby Rush supported uh, Bill Daly for mayor. First, remember that? First go around. Oh, yeah. Well, and you didn't have a podcast back then. What were your thoughts then? Well, I had a radio show, didn't I? Or did I? Was that before when I got fired? Oh, you're yeah. talking about Brother Bill. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. there's so many damn dailies. I thought yeah. you were talking about years and years ago. Uh, no, no. He supported uh, Bill Daly in the 2018, uh, the 2019 election. And I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was absurd. I couldn't understand why he would do that. Uh, like, why, wouldn't, why didn't he support Lori Lightfoot? I mean, and then he ended up supporting uh, Tony Preckwinkle uh, in the... the um, 
uh, in the run. You know what, uh, Bloomberg, I'm just throwing this out there. Bobby Rush doesn't have the greatest of track records now I'm thinking about it. I think he's maybe even worse than me like at supporting winning candidates. I supported uh, Lori Lightfoot and she won. So maybe Bloomberg should look for my endorsement. That's usually the kiss of death. So once again, Bobby Rush endorsing um, Michael Bloomberg yeah, for president. Rush is all over the map with his endorsements. That's but, Michael wow. Bloomberg 2020. <laughs> all of the money and none of the groundwork. <laughs> He's groundwork's overrated when you have $50 billion. Some, that's what someone told me. $50 billion. At $50 billion. Just think about yeah. that, man. I mean, if he spends a billion, that's nothing. It's one fiftieth. Think about your enormous fortune. Think of one fiftieth of your enormous fortune. Ah, Bloomberg, you gonna go campaign? How the hell with that? Just shove money in their face. Vote for me. (laughs) But let me just say this, Dennis. I'm another stealing another idea from Dennis. Okay, Uh, uh, this is the Dennis show. Uh, People go, well, JB Pritzker, Ben, he won. He's a billionaire. But JB Pritzker spent months laying the groundwork for his jb pritzker went to every single democratic uh chairperson in the state of illinois uh he went to all the fish fries and all that stuff right went around i i all oh, somebody lefties tell me ben you wouldn't believe how much time i spent with jb pritzker he, i didn't get his i didn't give him my endorsement but he, he we went we uh talked uh, he showed concern he knew stuff about my family this, that, the other. he worked at it okay so you know he did some old-fashioned pol- political work uh, Bloomberg's like, uh-uh, coming right in. <laughs> that billion dollars ought to buy me, get me a few endorsements here and there. So that's the local news. We'll keep you uh, posted on those stories as today's program rolls along. We got some time before Monroe Anderson comes on the program. So what do you say we go to the YouTube live stream chat, Ben? I'm always ready to go to YouTube. All right, let's do it here. A lot of people weighing in here on uh, Bloomberg. Uh, KMA Barry says, bulls are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, KMA. Really appreciate that. (laughs) Thanks for raising that subject. Our good friend Brianna weighed in. She says, Bobby had to have gotten a payday from Bloomberg. Well, you know... I haven't seen any evidence of it. Uh, maybe it's down the road, but, uh, you know, listen, the man vo- uh, endorsed Daly, Bill Daly for mayor uh, in 2019. So he's he's it's not averse to uh, supporting exceedingly wealthy people for higher office. All right. Let's see here. Stephen weighed in. How's it going, Stephen? Thank you for joining us, as always. He says Bloomberg is a total red herring. What does that mean? I don't know. I figured you would know what he meant. I, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what it he's a red herring means in this context. So, Stephen, what do you mean by that? Yeah, and come I'll, back uh, to follow up. I'll, yeah, I'll read the follow up. Uh, did I say that K. May Barry said the Bulls are terrible? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, KMA. I really appreciate that. All right. My beloved Bulls. All right. Brianna weighed in again. Lesson learned from Bobby. People you believe in will sell you for a few pieces of coin. Well, I'm really hard on Bobby Rush there, uh, <laughs> Brianna. I, you know, uh, listen, Bobby Rush uh, has been in office since... 1983, I want to say. So uh, maybe maybe he figures he's just tired of supporting poor people. Uh, but he what a remember in the in the mayoral race, he went for supporting Bill Daly to supporting Tony Prickle, and he went hard for Tony Prickle. He went so hard for hard Tony in the Prickle. paint, very yeah, hard, very hard, in hard the paint. in the paint. 
the great Monroe Anderson has entered the studio. The great Monroe Anderson has entered the studio. And he went so hard for uh, Tony Preckwinkle that he caused her problems. I forget some of his rhetoric at a campaign rally was really over the top, uh, irritated Lori Lightfoot. I'm sh- I think Lori Lightfoot still holds it against Tony Preckwinkle. So, you know, Bobby Rush, I, well, you know what? When we come back, we'll ask Monroe uh, what his thoughts are. How valuable is Bobby Rush's endorsement uh, for Michael Bloomberg? And we'll uh, end it out here with Jeff's comment. Jeff uh, recently joined the live stream chat. We really appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Tell your friends. Uh, He weighed in on uh, your opening, Ben. Jeff says, Hillary's anger at losing is getting the best of her. Any of the Democrats is better than anyone the GOP has. I'm with you 100%, Jeff. Absolutely, 100%. I was talking about this Romana. Romana's all fired up. She's usually on the show on Fridays, but I bumped into her. We were walking through the hallway. She goes, I don't understand what Hillary did. Uh, It's absurd. And that's the Clintons. Now, we'll come back, get Monroe's thoughts on this, but that is classic Clinton. They got mad at Barack Obama in 2008. They thought he was outrageous, overstepped his bounds to dare to challenge Hillary Clinton. And now she's still mad at Bernie for 2060. How dare him run against her? That's the Clintons. They think it got it coming. They think it's entitled to them. And uh, I, you know what? Bernie Sanders has a right to run just like anybody else. Uh, so Clinton's got to get over that. See what Monroe Anderson thinks. I, can, I bet he has a little different take than me. All right, he's, everybody. Monroe Anderson's fired up. He's and, fired up. He's ready to go. And as every week, his hat is way cooler than Ben's. No, it's way cooler. Monroe's a cooler guy than me. All right? But he's got his Bernie bro button on. He's ready to... He's feeling the Bernie bro. <laughs> the, the Bernie burn. Don't go anywhere, everybody. The Ben Jarowski Show will be right back. We are live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. You are no longer uh, mayor of Chicago. You're not holding public office right now, so you don't have to watch what you say. Not that you ever did that I know, much. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, that was not really, that, I don't think you have to worry about that. But now you're, you can prepare to be Rombo again, the Neutron Rom, just blow <laughs> up the place. Where's Let's... Waldo? Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. One more time. ChicagolandCremationOptions.com. It's Chicagoland's adult entertainment playground. It's the world-famous Admiral Theater, 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. The Admiral is homegrown from Chicago, and it's the most conveniently located club in all of the city. 15 minutes from the O'Hare Airport in downtown Chicago Loop. Voted Chicago's best strip club, the Admiral has showgirls galore and a variety of adult entertainment shows. The world-famous Admiral Theater, open every day from 7 p.m. to 6 a.m., 3940 West Lawrence Avenue. For events, showtime, and other information, visit AdmiralX.com. Must be 18 years of age or older to enter. Commercial break over. 
Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. He's a legend. He's Monroe Anderson. He's got a cooler hat than I have. I'm a little jealous of it. He's a cooler life than you have. <laughs> All right, calm down. It's not that much cooler. Uh, and uh, we're going to do the Trump dive. He, he wrote a very funny bit on Facebook, which I can't wait to read. Uh, Rod Sawyer will be here a little later. I'm going to uh, twist Monroe's arm to sticking around. Rod Sawyer is, of course, the ornament of the Sixth Ward. Our listeners, we discovered last night, uh, we did a deep dive. We have a lot of listeners outside of Chicago, so now I feel compelled to to explain to people. Rod Sawyer is an alderman from the city of Chicago, the Sixth Ward on the South Side. Uh, his father, Eugene Sawyer, was mayor of the city of Chicago back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. Monroe Anderson was uh, Eugene Sawyer's press secretary. So I'm going to ask Monroe to stick right. around when Rod Sawyer comes here. We have a lot of listeners cool. uh, outside of Chicago and bizarrely, a lot of listeners at like one and two in the morning. No, I know. Like three in the morning. We got to do some shout outs, some uh, late night shout outs. We got some late night. What are you guys up to, huh? <laughs> Those three for listeners. <sighs> a lot of listeners in the early morning. And God he, bless them, man. Before we get going with Monroe Anderson, uh, Stephen waited on the live stream chat, explained to us what a red herring is. We had no clue. He says it's like, uh, it's. Uh, he says here, a red herring is a cinematic device meant to divert the viewer's attention like he's a distraction from what is important to be looking at bloomberg ah whoa i think about that or would bloomberg say everybody else is a red herring and a distraction because i'm michael bloomberg i can't do his middle initial because i don't know it but uh thanks jeffrey no i don't know no okay uh that's jordan's middle name all right uh monroe anderson uh before he came on, he wrote this bit on Facebook uh, to highlight what he has to say in the show. Pretty funny stuff. It First of all, it shows a picture of Mitch McConnell with a clown face and uh, says, we won't allow any witnesses, any documents, any evidence of any kind, uh, new or existing. Now let's have a fair trial. <laughs> what a joke. And here's what Monroe wrote. How do you have a real trial without witnesses and documents? Will the Senate Republicans get away with a sham trial? Will the Republican senators suffer the wrath of the American voter this November? If the Republicans insist on holding an Emmett Till trial this month, will Donald Trump be America's OJ for the rest of his life? Oh, my God. All right, a lot to unpack there. Uh, and uh, Monroe, first of all, a lot of our listeners, they need to know. Uh, well, I think all of our listeners know the OJ Simpson reference, don't you think? Uh if the glove, if it doesn't fit, you must uh, acquit. Acquit. Yes. Yeah, right. Johnny Cochran. Yeah. Um, and the Emmett Till, we'll get into Emmett Till in a little while. All right, here's the deal. I've been saying this for a long time in the show, uh, pr- many times with you, Monroe. Um, I, you and I are old enough. We lived through the OJ trial. Yes. And white America was outraged, absolutely outraged that uh, OJ walked. Right. Uh, and black America was dancing in the streets. Was dancing in the streets. Yeah. I, uh, at the time, thought a black America was foolish to be dancing in the streets over that thing. I don't know what they got out of OJ getting off. Right. And I was always told, well, Ben, you don't understand because you're not black. And finally, it was someone black wins, so we're happy. Right. I'm like, he's. OJ, since when does that mean anything for you? Right. And then I was like, "Shut up, Ben! You don't get to you don't get to comment on this anyway." So that right. was kind of like my dialogue yeah. with Black America. Since then, I'm happy to say a lot of black guys from the '90s are like, "Ben, you were right. OJ was so freaking guilty, yeah, right, right. and it didn't mean anything for me, and I didn't get any money out of it." So right. right. No, I I was interviewed by Indigo. I was working at Channel Two at the time. And I was in a meeting in the conference room, and I got a call from a reporter from Indigo who wanted to know what I thought about it. And I said, he got away with murder. And she gasped. 
in the report of gas on the other side. He did get away with murder. Exactly. He got, but here's the thing. All you people who are so outraged about it, Trump's getting away with murder too, and they're employing- Fifth Avenue, baby. Yeah, and he, could say, and he brags about it. Exactly. And it's a Johnny Cochran defense. Exactly, exactly. It's, a, it's everything that Giuliani does, yeah. and all his little defenders, and uh, the Tribune editorial, but everybody that defends Donald Trump is pulling a Johnny Cochran. Right, to trigger my right wingers on Facebook, that's what I do, uh, I do occasionally say, and I'll bet you thought OJ didn't do it. <laughs> What do they say when you do uh, that? They, they don't answer. <laughs> what, what can they answer? But you know what? I'll say this uh, for uh, the OJ trial. At least the prosecution got to put on witnesses. And, they and got had, to introduce and, and, evidence. And evidence, I know. <laughs> I mean, OJ had a higher this burden. Is, this is, this, this, if, if the Republicans get their wish, if, if Mitch is able to pull it off, this will be the first impeachment trial in American history that did not have witnesses or documents. The first. All right. Explain how they think they can get away. Well, explain what uh, what happened yesterday in, uh, on the front. There were several votes. I'm sure you were watching. Ten. Uh, ten, were ten votes. votes. Wow. Damn. The, the, the um, House managers of the, the the Democrats basically mm-hmm. um, presented uh, ten um, amendments to what um, Mitch had cooked up, where you, you can't have any evidence right now because he has control of the Senate. You can't have any um, evidence or witnesses until uh, until the trial is basically almost over. Then you can bring them in. And it's, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. So they were, the, the, the Democrats mm-hmm. served up these um, amendments uh, where, you know, and they did 10 of them. One for, you, you, you should have um, evidence from this place, the Department of, of, of Justice, the Department of Defense, we should have it. And each time the vote was 53-47. Yeah, total mile. It's yeah. like council wars, man. Exactly. Unbelievable. Exactly, exactly. And, um, you know, the problem with introducing evidence later in the trial is um, it has to be cleared. What do you mean? Because there, there are certain things that are going to be, um, need to be um, redacted out of it. Uh, in other words, so it has to be. They have to, look, they have to look through it and make sure that what is, is, is going to be um, presented to mm-hmm. the public is not classified. So you can't just take it, oh, okay, well, <laughs> we got it today, let's go. Yeah, yeah I hear you. Yeah, you have to, and, uh, and so it, it gets to be longer. Yeah. I have my thoughts on that. Uh, I'm generally in favor of complete and utter transparency. I have a hard time uh, believing uh, the, the claims that there's some overriding national interest uh, well, occasionally there is. Occasionally, yeah, right. occasionally, yeah. more often than not. I'll put it to you this way. One of the arguments I heard when I was driving around yesterday, I was listening uh, to the debate, and uh, one of the arguments I heard the Republicans put forth um, was an argument that had uh, an echo or reverberation from FOIA 
issues here in the, the city of Chicago, oh, the state of right, Illinois. Right, and they're the same in D.C. Freedom of Information Act, as people know, is the law that uh, requires public entities to turn over public documents that are in the that the public should know about. Right. And in the past, when uh, citizens have uh, asked the, the Chicago public schools, I remember when Arnie Duncan was running the Chicago public schools for certain documents, Arnie Duncan r- refused to turn them over on the grounds that it uh, was confidential uh, advice that he was getting from some of his chief aides, and they should be allowed to have the liberty to speak freely to their boss without having their uh, recommendations put to the public and that uh, otherwise if they thought the public could hear they'd be reluctant to tell what they think the boss should hear okay that was the argument he, uh, he made yeah right that's exactly. what they said yesterday it's that's like what Trump's they a- say all the time you know i've been on both sides of that i when i was press secretary we got FOIA requests and um my being a journalist at heart my position was let them have it um the um, Sharon Gis Gilliam's position, who was chief of staff at the time. Oh, my God. Was, what a name from the past. Right. Yeah. Drag this out as long as possible. <laughs> you give it to a four years from that good. Wait, time out. Now, you're revealing something that goes down behind the scenes that people don't know about. So it's all good. Uh, this is ancient history, folks. These the characters that Monroe is now uh, revealing the inner secrets about have long since moved away right. from the scene. Right. Uh, so that was the open strategy. It, 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 other aides would say that openly. Monroe, drag it out, drag it out. They would actually say that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not it. Maybe not in a direct quote like that, but yeah, basically, yeah. That so that's it. what's going on with the White House. Exactly. No, that's what's going on. And in most instances, it's more embarrassing than it is um, delicate or sensitive or anything like that. Is it's the sort of thing that you, you you would want people to know. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, help me out here. Uh, since Hillary Clinton's been on my mind today, and we'll probably be talking later uh, about Hillary and Bernie with uh, when Marge gets in here. Yeah. But um, when I recall Hillary Secretary of State, uh, the Republicans were investigating Benghazi. Mm-hmm. And nothing was off limits when the Republicans wanted to know the truth about Benghazi. Oh, yeah. Benghazi. She, she had to testify, what, how many hours was it, 12 or 12 hours, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. Uh, I don't recall the Democrats arguing, oh, no, we can't, re- uh, per- she can't testify. That would reveal important uh, classified information and advice that one aide gives another. Right. So how could the Republicans be so... Uh, well, you see, to, vigilant is, in the it, need it, for this is your problem Ben. yeah you, i got you, a lot of problems you, you don't realize what a great military genius donald trump is so we don't want to let them f- f- discover how much he knows and, and how brilliant he is i so, see you know, so if we if we were to do that for example in the um in, in the new book that's out uh, a um a, a what kind of genius a stable genius. Yeah, a I've stable by the way, yeah, stable genius by a couple of uh, Washington Post reporters. Exactly. Anyway, one of the the episodes they report in it is Trump is on the way to um, christen some ship in Hawaii in in celebration of um, 
Pearl Harbor Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell a story. Yeah, yeah right. Pearl uh, Harbor Day, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. And, and he wanted to know, well, what is this all about? He didn't even know what Pearl Harbor was or what I, I read happened that. and the significance of I, it. I, I mean, it's amazing. That's astounding. I know. Now, I know. How could, no, seriously, Donald Trump is how old? 73. 73 years old, yeah. so that means your math's better than mine. He's born in 1947? Forty-six. Look at him, Marge. Since, since, since she's really he, smart at math. Yeah, no. Uh, since he's forty-six. A, since he's a year older than me, the math is easy. Oh, so he was born in forty-six, so <laughs> yeah. he's seventy-four this year. Yeah. All right. So Donald John Trump is. A, everybody knows if you were born in nineteen forty between nineteen forty-five and nineteen sixty, you grew up knowing about Pearl Harbor. Night, December seventh, nineteen forty-one. Right. I, it's in, inconceivable. Oh, they to just me. named a, a ship after Dory Miller yesterday. I think it was. So how could he not know what Pearl I Harbor is? That what, what Trump doesn't know could fill volumes. Well, one thing he does know is what he was up to when he was on the phone with the Ukraine president, and that's what they want to keep you from knowing. But Marge Hoffman, have a seat. We're talking impeachment. Marge Hoffman has entered the room. We might as well bring her in the conversation. Uh, the legendary. We have two political legends here yeah, in the studio. Marge, 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 Marge and I go way back. She was yeah. she was covering the um, newsroom when Sawyer was mayor, and I was press secretary. I'll go one step further. Yes. You may not realize this, but you guys are an op. Not that I'm causing trouble. Yeah. Not I'm like Hillary Clinton causing trouble or yeah, something. Right. That's but you right. Got, she retracted. Uh, right. she, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about her. We'll yeah. get into the politics uh, when we take I don't a break. Hillary Clinton should be ashamed of herself. But anyway, you guys were on opposite sides. Just want to throw that out there. I know you're all friends now, and right. you, you were opposite sides in uh, in 1989. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were. Yeah. Uh, Marge Halpern, as I recall, first time I met her was uh, she was press aide to uh, then mayoral candidate uh, Richard M. Daley. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Monroe Anderson was uh, press secretary for Eugene Sawyer. But so. you met me before then. Oh, yeah. yeah I've yeah, known yeah, Monroe we for a long Hall. time. Yeah. I, I met, I've known you forever. Yeah. And I... Uh, I met first. I met you for what it's worth. You came and talked to the reporter. Anyway, neither neither here nor there. All right, going back to Trump uh, and the hearings. So, what's your thought, Monroe? Uh, are they going to get away with not having any witnesses? Uh, I don't think so. I wouldn't bet the family jewels on it, but I don't think so. But um, you know, what's really interesting about yesterday? I, I, I strayed away what they did yesterday, mm -hmm. as they made the argument. For each amendment, they told the story of what happened. They gave you a narrative of, and they had questions yeah. uh, as to why it should be. So for people, mo most Americans, unlike us, are hanging on, on every word that's happening um, with this Trump impeachment. And e even some Republican senators didn't know they, they their their miles dropped when some of the stuff was being done because you know you know they just weren't paying that close attention to it. Yeah, all that evidence they didn't want, all the documentation they didn't want. Right, we got it yesterday. Right, exactly, exactly. They they got it in narrative form. So, uh, if we view this as a series of, of votes, uh, that. We've already had 10, Monroe told me. I'd lost track mm -hmm. of how many votes uh, that Mitch McConnell was confronted with yesterday yes. uh, regarding the issue of, of, of um, witnesses and documents. Um, how many more of them do you think will happen? In other words, before we get to the like a straight up, is he innocent or... Uh, well, what comes first is either Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to have the real vote for witnesses, whether they're going to and, and documentation, whether it's going to be an up or down. So that's that's the one that counts. Because basically, the way this thing is going to happen, I think, mm-hmm. is that if we if we get the witnesses on on the, in the trial, then Trump is going to be Humpty Dumpty. If we don't get it, then he's going to be bragging at the um, the State of the Union speech about how he was. Uh, acquitted by the trial and then mm-hmm. he told you it was a hoax and this proves it was a hoax, et cetera, et cetera. I, I cannot believe that the, um, well, first of all, I do, I've never believed, uh, Marge, that the Republicans, senators would uh, uh, vote to convict him and remove him. I've never, you know, you, we've so. discussed yeah. it. Yeah, no, they may I not. I wanted no, to I'm, think so. But yeah. I don't believe they're going to allow the witnesses because know. if they allow witnesses then there's no way they can justify voting uh, to acquit. They they can't justify witnesses in any way because what Monroe just said is true. If the witnesses come through, they're going to tell the story that we all know. And they're avoiding the story. Instead, they're talking about process. They're talking about, you know, they have the nerve to say that the Democrats rushed this through the House and then they announce, you know, 48 hours of proceedings and then we bang the gavel like that's the rush. So they, the inconsistencies aren't bothering them so far. But if they have somebody like Bolton testify, Mulvaney you know, even worse, but I, I, his case crumbles, yeah. and they can't let that happen. You make a deal with the devil, there's no going back. Except, okay, this is what I imagine and hope for, mm-hmm. is that um, between now and next week, enough evidence to come out, and maybe something else on Trump, because we get evidence all the time, and the six Republican senators who are vulnerable in November, um, will vote for the witnesses because we only need four to do that. So we'll get the four that'll vote for the witnesses, and we will get the witnesses. Wow. Okay. Now that doesn't guarantee, by any stretch of the imagination, that twenty Republicans will go for Trump. Except, you mean twenty Republicans will vote against Trump? Against. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just to put him out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it could become so obvious and so bad that um, he gets a visit from Romney and some other senior Republicans who say it's time for you to do the Nixon walk. Yeah, no, no way. That's not going to happen. I'm going to, that's my prediction. Uh, They won't do it or he won't walk. Either one. They're chicken. Mitt Romney is afraid to confront Donald. Except except this is the thing is Mitt Romney, the only thing that that really matters to Mitt Romney is that he remain uh, the uh, majority leader. That's 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 he's arrived. He's doing what he's he's always wanted to do. Load the courts up with right wing McConnell. uh, McConnell. McConnell, I'm sorry, McConnell. Yeah. But but if we're relying on we're relying on the spineless to stand up, Susan Collins, just I don't want to be too rude, but, you know, close the mouth, please. I'm done listening to her. <laughs> but they're like, going stop to Stop teasing. Yeah. It's like, um, yeah. you know, know. the antiquated 
antiquated uh, Lucy and the football thing. You know, just like, no, no, this time I'm really going to, I want witnesses. No, you don't. You're not doing it. That's her her way of being a a middle-of-the-roader. I could toy with an idea but never do it, and that's going to make it look like I'm fair. Yeah, but what they're doing now is bringing up Margaret Chase Smith. And, and comparing her to her. Margaret Chase Smith, fourth, <laughs> former senator from Maine. Yeah. What's the relevancy of that? I mean, why are they bringing that up? Because people liked her? Yeah, no, and she's, <laughs> she stood up against McCarthy. I see. No. So, yeah. yeah. No. Wow, that's... Yeah. Right, no. exactly. So, um, no, that's what they're using. They, they're saying, well, it, you know, and part of it is, is a, a shame game that's going on, is that... Um, 20 years from now, your grandp- your grandchildren ask you, or, or 10 years, depending on how old you are, um, what did you do when the Trump uh, trial was going on? How, how well, effective yeah. do you- History will record right. your decision and your quotes. Right. Lindsey uh, Graham. Uh, right. And yeah. so, yeah, no, but anyway, so you have six senators who are up for election in, in, in states where Trump doesn't rain mm-hmm. and the problem they're going to have is if they don't vote to hear witnesses and then a month from now or two weeks from now um, another shoe drops on some other terrible stuff that Trump did it's going to put nails completely in their coffin for November that's the real problem, right? They don't know what else there is to know. Right. Trump knows. I mean, right. the inside right. guys know, right. but these Cory Gardner, he has no idea what's out there right. and what's going to show up. And every time you get a new thing, he must shudder. But he, he's a, a ducker, not a leader. Who's Cory Gardner, who's a, for oh, Corey, example, Colorado. You know, Colorado. He's, uh, he's, yeah, except when you there's no place to duck, there's no place to hide, then... You, they you may not be there yet, but they will be soon. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I, I, Marge Halpert in the studio from Indivisible Chicago. We're gonna when we, after we take a break, we'll come back. She'll go through all that. This is her uh, wheelhouse. Uh, all the uh, the seats that Dems can pick up, uh, the strategies and the tactics to use. Uh, so we usually we do congressional races in the, the Midwest, but Mon- Monroe's raised the stakes for Marge. Maybe talk about some of these Senate seats <laughs> well, as she, well. She knows. I, no, she I, knows. I, she's, yeah, right. she's a total geek. Exactly. She knows the stuff inside it out. Uh, and uh, Can you not call our guests geeks? <laughs> That's a compliment for me. I mean, yeah, no. I, Don't make people think I'm for Yang now. Right. Well, I, by, by the way, the let's give Marge some love. She's not playing around. Usually she ducks and dodges. It's, how well, she, she's wearing her. <laughs> no birdie bros in the studio today. Yeah, Marge I, is yeah, out I, of the closet. And she's, not <laughs> a, and she's not a geek either. She's got pink and purple hair. She's got, okay. Uh, Marge, I a geek uh, is a compliment. <laughs> coming for me. Marge, before we go to break, uh, I do believe the last time you are in the show, you did not c- come out and, it, and endorse anybody. My, that's my recollection. It could be uh, just the years probably, catching up to me. I probably refrained Yeah, you refrained. Time. But she's, she's not playing around today. Uh, and I, I got a Rod Sawyer supporter coming in in about a half an hour. So uh, uh, A Biden supporter, I mean, a Biden, Rod Sawyer. Rod Sawyer's coming in to testify. Yeah, I know. She, oh, we right. can talk about Biden. All right, so no, time I, out. So uh, who are you endorsing? I'm, I'm with Elizabeth Warren. That's I, correct. I am. I'm also wearing a Democrat for president button because, you know, blue no matter who. And um, the stuff you see on Twitter, those who are me yeah, as long as it's my guy. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. Blue no matter who. But my this primary is when you vote from the heart. 
and my heart's with Elizabeth Warren. All right. Okay. Uh, we're going to go get take a deep dive in all the uh, political issues of the day. Elizabeth Warner, uh, let's see. I think you're our second out. No, third, right? Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren supporter in with Brandon Johnson. Candace. And Candace mm-hmm. Castillo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you three, uh, Elizabeth Warren. Monroe's a huge Bernie bro. Just right. kidding. <laughs> right. He's not. I just not tease him. He's yeah. so not a no, Bernie no, bro. No, no. I've been, I've been leaning Elizabeth, but... Um, well, let me help you out. Yeah, right. All right, we'll talk yeah. about some Elizabeth Warren. I will also get into uh, the de- the Democratic strategy for winning over uh, some of these districts in uh, the Midwest. And uh, Marge, better go uh, do some quick research about these six <laughs> Senate races. I think Monroe's on to something. Uh, that, uh, and then let's give credit to David Ferris, political scientist uh, from uh Roosevelt University, who's been saying this for two years now, you got to go on the offensive. You can't let them off the ropes. You got to play the game the way the Republicans play the game. And uh, I think the Democrats are finally catching on. So we'll have plenty of political discussion ahead of us with uh, Marge Monroe. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. What you're about to hear are the piano stylings of Jeff Manuel. Man, listen to Jeff go. Jeff Manuel has been playing piano around Chicago for years. He's played for conventions, for celebrities, played in basement bars with blues bands. He's played at prestigious social clubs, fine restaurants, and in the intimacy of private homes. Book Jeff Manuel at jeffemanuelpianist.com. Don't worry, I'll spell his name at the end of this commercial. You know what Chicago Magazine said? They said that Jeff Manuel is, quote, as comfortable with Chopin as he is with Cole Porter. He's excellent, and his performance is joyous. He offers an elegant stream of compositions and interpretations that entertains the mind but won't hurt the ears. To hear more of Jeff Manuel's work and to book Jeff for your next event, go to jeffmanuelpianist.com. I'm going to spell it out for you, people. J-E-F-F. M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U-E-L-P-I-A-N-I-S-T dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel. 